everybody. That's it. I hope everybody had a great Christmas day. It's the All City All NFL podcast. That man, Baldy. One of my Christmas gifts here, cuz I got a. My buddy makes mozzarella for a living, so he's the mozzarella boss. I I figured I'd sport one of his T-shirts. Uh, amongst other, you know, kind of paraphernalia that I picked up over the weekend. But it was good. Happy Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Healthy family, you know, good outing, good food, good football, all that kind of good stuff. You know, you know, you know it's funny um, how the NFL completely trounced the NBA on Christmas Day. You remember how it used to be like, no oh, the NBA on Christmas Day. Because, I mean, honestly, I'll never forget, when I was a kid, me and my brothers, we were living in New York, we went to Madison Square Garden on Christmas. We took the train into, you know, um, Penn Station. We went to see the Knicks, you know, bought $10 tickets, you know, snuck down. Like, we did that whole thing as a kid, like NBA on Christmas. Like, I was all over it growing up, and up, really up until a few years ago. And now the NFL has figured out how to steal the entire day. You want to talk about the Grinch? <laughs> then, because here's the thing. You know what? It's funny. Listen, I'm a sports nut, right? So, you know, like I'm a – so I, I got lost at times in these games. Now, obviously, you know, I mean, Kansas City and, and the Raiders was captivated because the, you kept waiting for the Chiefs come back. Yeah. We'll get into it in, in a bit. But then you had Eagles and Giants – and that game got kind of funky. And then, and then last night, forget about it. Like yeah. it, it was, it was just football, man. Even Christmas Eve, Denver, uh, which was unbelievable. Denver New England, which was New a England. great game. Yeah, Bailey Zappi, you know, all the way down to the end uh, in that bitter cold weather. Uh, you know, I was in uh, Atlanta on Christmas Eve. I saw them just take apart the Colts. I didn't think that was going to happen. Like. You know, you just keep saying it, but like it is such a week to week league and you just don't know how to predict uh, these games come down to a, a play here or a play there. Um, you let bad teams like the Giants hang around like the Eagles did. They'll hang around and, they, they, you know, they might upset your, your Christmas. There was 70,000 at Lincoln Financial Field that thought their Christmas was going to get ruined at one point in that game. Oh, and, and it could have easily like if Waller. Would have held on to that ball. That's a mm-hmm. touchdown. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was it was a crazy day. But it's cousin Baldy, the All NFL podcast. Let's get right to the lead story. Yeah. The lead story, of course, the Ravens and the Ravens go into San Francisco last night, Baldy, and just completely take apart the Niners. Lamar, did he seal the MVP for you? Well. Leading up to the game, people wanted to give the MVP to Brock Purdy. And, and look, I, I thought he was a, a real leading candidate. But I said, I don't want to announce and anoint anybody. Let's see how Brock does against the Ravens. Let's see how that goes. Because the Ravens play a style of defense nobody else in this league plays. They, I've been saying it for weeks now. They play this matchup zone defense. You think guys are open. But the advantage you have by playing a matchup zone against a team like the 49ers and when they play the Dolphins – is all that pre-snap motion and shifting and movement doesn't make any difference to him. All 11 eyes on defense are on the quarterback. They see the ball leave his hand. When the ball is deflected, all 11 are breaking on the ball. And so you saw Brock Purdy struggle last night from his first interception 
by Kyle Hamilton at the end zone to Debo Samuel. Like, he thought he was open, and he was, except Kyle Hamilton was looking for work, and his eyes were on the ball and the release of the ball and jumped right in front of it. And so that's that. The defense, they're the number one defense in the league for a reason. And they've done this to Geno Smith. They did this to Jared Goff. They've been doing this all year long. They might do it to Tua. We'll see. But Lamar is indefensible. And I said, you know, if, you, if you're down the field at Levi last night, cuz, and there's McCaffrey, and there's Trent Williams, and Nick Bosa, and Fred Warner, and Debo, and you're like, there's stars everywhere. Except the biggest star in a league full of stars is Lamar. Because he makes everything look so effortless. And he's just faster, quicker. He doesn't, he doesn't get fooled. Uh, his eyes are in the right place. He's indefensible at this point. And the offense is jumping because of his ability to scramble and make these just eye-popping plays week in, week out. Well, and the other aspect of it, and, and when you look at Lamar and that Ravens, it's a, and it's truly amazing, um, the fact that he loses Mark Andrews, <laughs> which I thought was going to really hurt the offense, I mean, they, they don't miss a beat. Uh, it's yeah. unbelievable. And then they lose Keaton Mitchell, who both you, whom you and I both love. Yeah. He gave them a, a completely different look. They bring in Justice Hill. They still got Gus Bus. And yeah, really, but, it's but, Lamar. But it's even, but even more than that, they rotate four tackles. Like Morgan Moses and Ronnie Stanley have been injured all year. So here comes Patrick McCarr. Here comes Daniel Falele. Like they've got backups to backups playing tackle. Nobody ever talks about it because Lamar basically covers up all the weaknesses. Here's Isaiah Likely. All of a sudden, look like not only is he a good player, but he plays with attitude, you know, and he's knocking people around pretty good. So it's it's a credit to Harbaugh. It's a credit to Mike McDonald. It's a credit to, you know, the, the decision that Harbaugh made to let a good friend go and to hire Todd Munkin, you know, and then really to see Lamar just make this whole thing work. And look, they have had bad success drafting wide receivers, but they didn't miss on Zay Flowers. Like nice. I just call him, I just call him the whoop whoop kid because yeah. of how how he just makes people miss as as soon as he touches the ball. Yeah, I mean between Zay likely is a terrific backup tight end who's now become a weapon. You got Beckham who could still play, man. Odell still plays. You know, yeah, but I'm like, looking at Nelson Aguilar catching a touchdown last night. And look at Rashad Bateman. Like they've got their four, you know, they're, they're four deep at wide receiver, you know, and then they got two tight ends, Charlie Kolar. It's interesting. Last year, the Ravens had six fourth round picks. They spent two of them on tight ends, on Isaiah Likely and on Charlie Kolar out of Iowa State. And here they are. Like, step up to your time. Time we didn't want to lose Mark Andrews, but we lost Mark Andrews. So here it is. Like, here's the offense. Go play. Well, let's get let's get to the defense uh, again and kind of talk about the matchup zone and some of its principles because, like you saw last night, look, I mean, San Francisco had some success in the first half, moving the ball down the field. The problem against that matchup zone is, is that at some point, that quarterback is going to misjudge something. He's going to misread the window. And that's what happened to Purdy. I mean, Purdy threw four. He could have had three more. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, it, it, it's a good point, Cuz, and that's true. He probably could have thrown three more. 
it forces like look early you know they're hitting you know uh kittle across the middle and he's going for 50 and he's going for 20 and he's got 100 yards racked up in the first two drives it seemed like and then and there was some a couple throws like that that were there they're in the middle of the field it, it can be open um the, the problem is, is that it forces your quarterback to be drop-dead perfect. Like, he threw a pass to Kittle on the sideline, and it's a perfect throw against the, the corner. Uh, the, the safety drops and picks him up, Marcus Williams. He gets zone drop, plasters him, he's right on him. And Kittle jumped on the sideline and went through his hands. Now, it, it's a perfect throw, but uh, it forces the receiver to be perfect and the quarterback to be perfect. And that's hard to do when they blitz a lot. They pressure you in ways. They break down your protections. Clowney has had a renaissance. Kyle Van Noy was on the street. Matabike is almost unblockable. You just start adding the, the pieces and the way they blitz their corners or Roquan Smith or some combination. Uh, it's, a, it's a lot. It's a lot to digest and it's a lot to handle. Well, it's funny because he made a nice play. I don't know if you remember this one. Where McCaffrey's coming out of the backfield, yeah. and they were swarming the horizontal stuff, mm-hmm. and then uh, Purdy kind of motions. He buys a little more time. He motions and he side arms it to McCaffrey. Like, yeah, and, and it was it was a really good play. It was like a, the only window that was that was there. So is the zone built to shrink the windows? Right, like. So how do you beat that zone? They had some success running it a little bit, and then that shut down. How do you beat that matchup zone? What's the, what's the way to beat that thing? Because it's almost like an amoeba. Yeah, it is. It's ex- it's ex- it's expanding, and <clears throat> so these guys are dropping to spots. Okay, based on formations, based on uh, route combinations. Okay, based on play action or whatever. Um, play action can can help because you, the, the, the inside linebackers, Queen and Roquan, have got to respond and respect it. So you can get that, but you got to you got to make quick, really quick decisions. I think the middle of the field is where you got to hit them. The sideline they shrink the, they just spread and expand so quickly to the outside. You saw it was very difficult to get the ball on the outside. Um, there's there's underneath defenders, there's over the top defenders, like there's very little space. There, I, I think the middle of the field is where you got to strike them, and I think you got to strike them earlier rather than later, while those linebackers are now recognizing its pass and are getting back into their drops. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because that there were times like I, I thought Ayuk at times was open, and then you could just see it. You know, it was almost like they play tricks on you, and they want to kind of bait you into it. Well, what happens is oh, you're right. So it's not they're not baiting people. It's not it's, it's not really what they're doing. But you know you're going through progressions. So you know you're reading one, two, three in some combination. And if one is taken away because they buzz the safety from the line of scrimmage and he gets underneath the flat, and now you're coming to two. And as you start coming to the next guy, the zone is dropping and plastering receivers. So now it turns into like a man, like you're in your, in your, in your zone. Now it's a man principles. Now I plaster my receiver. And so, um, 
I do think mobile quarterbacks. I mean, that's just like basketball. That's the match up like basketball. basketball. It's very much, very much similar to basketball. The old, you know, um, boxing one where you would go man-to-man against the guy with the ball. Watch the Cheney, you know, some of the Cheney principles where if it goes into the zone, that's where you then match up. That's where you get the name from. Yeah. So it's very similar principles, very similar principles. So here's my question to you. How did Cleveland – let's not go too far deep. Let's just go back to November 12th. How did Cleveland put up 33 – on that deep. No, I, I did that game, so it's fresh. Um, you know, Greg Newsom had a pick six. So that was that was one touchdown. Lamar had a, a fumble. He, he's fumbled a lot, but he lost a fumble deep in their own zone. Gave him a short field. Um, that's the game that Deshaun Watson started, went out. PJ came in. <clears throat> Watson gave him a lot of juice late in the game on a bad ankle. And I said, mobile quarterbacks can bother that defense <clears throat> because they're in zone drops. And eventually, if the quarterback is now flushed and he's moving, you got to make a decision in your drops. Come and chase the quarterback, right, or stay plastering on your receiver. And Deshaun made a lot of really good plays in that game um, when he got outside the pocket and he started moving. So in that game, uh, if you remember, Ford ran for 107 for Cleveland. What was a long one? which kind of added to well, it. That was the opening touchdown of the game. Like They scored on a 50-something-yard run to, to, to start the game. Just like McCaffrey had the big 30-something-yard yes. run yes. last night. He had 103 yards. Like McCaffrey had the big run last night. And then Cooper caught six for 98 in that game. Yeah. And then the other, the other team, the Rams, put up 31 yes. on that defense. Yeah, well – you see, you see the way Stafford's throwing the ball right now. Yeah. And so when I say the quarterback has got to be perfect with yeah, these throws yeah. and the reads, Stafford wasn't fooled like, yeah. you, like you're suggesting. He's seen this stuff before over 13 years, right? And then his throws in that game to Puka, to Cooper, to Atwell in that game were just spot like, – like stick throws in the, in the, in, right in the core, in the crux of those zones. Yeah, he threw for 294 and three touchdowns. So that's the lesson to it where you're going to need a quarterback, like you said, to be perfect. And that's that's fascinating. Perfect and and mobile, preferably, where you can get out of the clutches and extend these plays beyond the, the original design. You know, it's interesting because you know who matches up from a quarterback situation, but not from ever anywhere else in the team is Mahomes. Yeah. Right. Because Mahomes is everything like that. He's obviously mobile and he's, and he's perfect. The problem is, and we'll, this will transition us to the chiefs. He's just got no help whatsoever. I mean, that was, that was a frustrating. Like so Kelsey spike his helmet you saw a lot of frustration boiled over. Two touchdowns, two pick, two a pick six, pick six, and a fumble in in, in seconds. Just and then seconds. Ten seconds, seconds it went from seven three to seventeen seven. So, you know, Kansas City has been the king of the gadget play, you know, and so they run these right right now. They can't get explosive plays down the field, and if you don't right. get explosive plays in this business, you're not going to 
You're not going to score because, you know, whether it's Jawan Taylor giving up a holding call to Max Crosby, a breakdown here, they're not very good at offensive tackle, not nearly. And then the receivers drop too many passes and the timing is poor with the routes. So unless you're getting big chunk plays, um, you're not going to score. So that, and then, so then you go back, okay, it's, they're up 7-3 and they run this gadget play with Isaiah Pacheco and Richie James comes in ghost motion and it looks like Pacheco's going to get it and then hand off to Mahomes, who's then going to pitch it or reverse out. I can't, it's hard to tell. I think he's going to pitch it to Richie James and they're just going to get like a triple option type play, except they, they, they mess up the handoff. And so if, look, you're going to try these gadget plays to try to get a play. It's going to backfire. We've seen it with the Eagles. These gadget plays, like they're hit or miss. But the mechanic, you know, because you don't get a chance to rep them that often, like you work on it once or twice. You, you do it during the week. You might do it on a Friday or Saturday walkthrough. But it's not the speed of the game. And so Bilal Nichols picks up a, a, a ball on the ground, and, you know, it's, it's a touchdown. And then the very next play, Kansas City comes right back, and they roll right protection. You're going to throw it to Justin Watson on the outside. Here comes Jack Jones. Pick six. For the second week in a row, he's picked a quarterback. Um, so he picked uh, Easton Stick the week before uh, on the exact, you know, a similar type play. So, I mean, in a matter of 10 seconds, they go from in, in at least 7-3 and they're up to down 17-7 playing from behind. And the run game is non-existent for Kansas City. I, I think they're in a world of trouble. I think the, the Eagles, Kansas City, some of these teams, I think – Maybe playing deep into February last year takes its toll on teams. But I also think the Chiefs just look stale. And nothing looks really innovative or creative or anything. Like, they still can't get lined up. Marcus Valdez-Scantling is still lining up all sides. It's just crazy how the little details that you know. I mean, you know Andy Reid as well as anybody on the outside. Like, that doesn't – you can slam your helmet in the ground. Like, this is on them. This isn't on, oh, our expectations are better than this. We're better than this. No. When you don't execute, this is what happens. Yeah, and, and they they desperately, desperately need some weapons. I mean, they just – the one thing where I think, you know, Andy miscalculated was that, you know, they just – between the injuries that took out, like, yesterday, no Tony, no McKinnon, I mean, they were they were pretty much decimated. Any needs? I think to run his offense, you need one speed guy. Like you need one. And look, I know he wanted to re-sign Tyreek. I mean, I mean, I, obviously, who what? And it was kind of a weird situation how it all went down. But like, you gotta have someone. Andy had Deshaun Jackson in Philadelphia. Like you, you need to have one of those speed guys, or else they're almost playing in a box. That's what it kind of looked like yesterday. Well, I mean, look, you can make you cry wolf about, you know, Tyreek. The fact is it gave him a chance to rebuild their defense and draft Carl Loftus and Trent McDuffie and a bunch of guys in the draft last year that helped him win a Super Bowl. So you can't really – but, you know, that's what Marcus Valdez-Scantling is supposed to be. MVS is supposed to be their speed guy. He, he – you know, I mean, I don't think anybody is too threatened by MVS in what he does or doesn't do no. at this point. And, you know, you just see – you know, you see Travis Kelsey drop a ball on the sideline. You know, it's just – it's just you see, um, you know, they have this thing in Andy Reid's offense. It's, it's why stick. Anybody can run it. It's, just, it's a drive starter. I think he calls it 
Rosh Posh or Rash. So I mean, since he, he calls it a funny name, but anyways, like they throw it, they throw one to uh, Rishi Rice yesterday, and the ball's it. You know, he's running across the field, and Mahomes is throwing it, thinking he's going to stop, and the ball bounced in the turf. And you go like that basic timing on one of their most basic route concepts isn't there. And it just, you know, it just goes to show you like this thing can fall apart very quickly and it's unraveling very, very quickly. It is. So uh, we'll answer the question where they're at in just a moment. But first, I got to tell you about our sponsor because very excited factor meal kits. Now, my wife loves factor. She was a she was a big proponent. In fact, she's like, when are we ordering Factor? I go, well, right now. In fact, what Factor is is America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service that they're going to help you eat well. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. Now, you'll save time, and you'll stay on track with healthy lifestyle while tackling all of your holiday to-dos. You can cross meal prepping off your list with Factor. Skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, cleaning up. Get Factor's fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in two minutes. All you got to do is heat and enjoy. You can treat yourself to high quality, delicious meals over the holidays. Choose from 35 plus chef crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle. Meet your meal preferences. Now, again, you could be calorie smart, vegan, veggie, protein plus, like my man over here, more wholesome options, whatever you're looking for. And if you're looking for calorie conscious options of holidays that don't skip on taste or flavor, try delicious, dietitian approved, calorie smart meals with or around less than 550 calories per serving. Think about that. Try protein plus meals. 30 grams of protein or more per serving. It's not just for dinner. You can't own factor any time of the day. 55 plus add-ons to, su- to suit various preferences and tastes. I mean, you got it from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab-and-go snacks, ready-to-drink cold-pressed juices, shakes, smoothies. Man, and with factor, rest assured, you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for uh, production sites and offices. I'm telling you, head to Factor Meals. My wife loves them. Baldy will be yeah. trying to affect. My wife loves the, the salads. They have everything. Like, it's ridiculous. Go to factormeals.com slash all NFL 50. Use the code all NFL 50. To get 50% off, that's code all NFL 50 at factormeals.com slash all NFL 50. Get that 50% off. You can't beat it. So are, are the Chiefs dead, Baldy? Is that it? Is Kansas City done? Uh, the Bengals come to town this weekend. They come to town for a late game in Kansas City. Um, they've met in the playoffs a bunch. They've met in the regular season a bunch. They know each other really, really well. Cincinnati's coming off a horrible loss. Um, you know, with Jake Browning not looking quite like Jake Browning the first few weeks. So, I mean, you got you got uh, Cincinnati at home, and then you've got dead man walking with the Chargers to wrap things up. I mean, they can still win these next two games and still be a high seed and, 
you know, home playoff game and win the division and the whole thing right now. So it's all in front of them because I think defensively they're still pretty good. But, you know, they just got, you know, they got run on yesterday for the first time pretty bad by Zaheer White. And so that was discouraging because I thought defensively they could still keep them in games and win games. But not when you just give them 14 points the way well, they did. That's the thing. I mean, you know what? The Kansas City would have won the game if not for those two defensive touchdowns. Your point, your defense can win them games, and it would have won yesterday, but you can't give up 14 and expect them to overcome that. That's that's crazy. Yeah. I don't but, Raiders and no Raiders. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, the, the game swung on, on, in 10 seconds. I mean, you don't see that very often. But that's kind of where the Chiefs are at right now. Like, they're just making boneheaded mistakes. And um, it's cost, it, it cost them a game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. The other game yesterday, and uh, we'll tackle the NFC, Giants and Eagles. So a couple things took place in this game. One, obviously the Eagles win. But, and there's a big, big but, a mammoth but, they still did not look right. No. And they still allowed the Giants to hang around they allowed Tyrod Taylor, who came in for Cutlets, who was ineffective, to go down the field. And that game got even hairier. That game was crazy. And and if a couple plays happen, we're either in overtime or the Giants pull off the stunner. Well, I mean, you know, you give up the touchdown to Slayton. I mean, the, the only the only thing to do at that point in the game is not get let the ball go over your head. Like, they can't stop the ball from going over their head. Um, you know, they made a bunch of really key stops on fourth down with Hassan Reddick and got off the field. You know, basically their turnovers. The quarterback play of the Giants was awful, just awful. The Giants are not a good football team. But the Eagles, I mean, if you're going to run into each other and, you know, on a punt and, um, you know, Muff punts and do the things that they did. I mean, pick six, pick six. Like it's you know, Dory's like okay, the tight end slips, you know, but it's on Jalen. You know, it's a pick six. Um, you know, you just give them these scores. You just give them these points. And then defensively, I don't know. Like they did some better things yesterday. I thought Shaq Leonard, you know, stopped. You know, used his instincts, making a bunch of stops. I thought they played a little harder. You, you saw Hassan Reddick, you know, really make a difference out there. But, you know, I mean, all you have to do is look at the reaction of the fans to know that nobody and, – and then just really the reaction of the team. You know, even um, at the very end when um, when Keely Ringo intercepts that pass in the end zone to end the game, you look at reaction on the sidelines, cuz. It wasn't like joy. It was like relief. You know, like, we, well, God. Thank God we got out of here just to win. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody felt good. You know, and that's the problem, even with playing Arizona this week and then the Giants the following week, is you can win these games. But are they going to make you feel good? Are you going to feel like you're back on track? Um, even if you get to 13-4, and four, are you going to feel good about it? Well, let's go a little bit deeper into this thing, too, because, one, I'm still worried about their back end. And, like, I, I thought, uh, especially the first half of Cutlets, they were t- – Giants were way too conservative. Wait. They never went down the field. Like, like, they were really- going all the horizontal stuff or they tried to run it first and second down. 
I think every Eagle fan that's watched this secondary every Eagle fan that's watched this secondary struggle all year go, what are they doing? Like where is where are where is Waller down the field on matchups or Slayton or Wandale, whoever? Like, why aren't they attacking Eagle secondary? Are you kidding me? Like everybody else has. So I, I thought, you know, he and he didn't see the field work. You know, he 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 became what we kind of thought he was, which is just a backup quarterback. I mean, he didn't see the field at all. He panicked. Like, that was not a good quarterback play by him whatsoever. What did you think of Tyrod when he got in? Were you, were you surprised at the change at halftime? Uh, I wasn't surprised. You know, because, you know, you're you're there to win games right now. You're not, you know, um, you, you got you, – you, you can't just keep going three and out, three and out, and not executing these plays. When you're seeing these guys open, quarterback's not seeing the field. Second week in a row, he's taken off way too early. He's not he's he's not extending plays. He's not, you know, he's not Lamar or Jalen or some of these guys that can just take off. He, he's not that. And so um yeah, I thought that it was it, it was warranted, I thought. So so is that it? Midnight Cinderella? He, he, he got the story to was it. cute for 15 minutes. Yeah, he got his he got his fame, he got his cutlets, he got his Talk in New York. He's, you know, got all of the memes that were out there. I think, you know, I, I don't think they're bringing him back next year to look like he can compete for a starting job with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, what'd you think of Jalen? Uh, how did you think Jalen looked? I thought outside of the interception to Adori, which, look, I mean, he's throwing the ball on timing. Uh, to Goddard, and he slips, and, you know, Adoree jumps it. I didn't think he played poorly. The touchdown, obviously, to Devontae was a good throw. I thought um, he didn't bail out so quickly. Um, you know, and I thought they ran the ball with him and DeAndre better than they have in a long time. They, they really changed things up up front. They ran a lot of misdirection, a lot of power-type plays, pulling, you know, Malata, pulling, um, you know, some of the guards – so I thought, you know, they, they went to a lot of two tight end sets, which they have been reluctant to do to run the ball. So I thought if there's one thing that I thought you could build upon from this game is they ran the ball with conviction and with power much better. I thought Lane blocked really good. I thought Malata had a really good game. So I thought, you know, and, and just looking at, you know, a guy like Jurgens, I thought those guys played well up front. Um, not well enough. But I thought they, they they blocked well in the run game. And I thought that's the one thing that you could hang your hat on yesterday. Yeah, I, I like the offense a lot. Like, I love the distribution of the football. When you get DeAndre Swift running 20 times, 20 carries, 92 yards, I mean, you take that every day. That's exactly yeah. what you want out of this offense. And Jalen, I thought his decision-making, I agree with you, I thought his decision-making was better so there were things to me offensively. Now, again, it's against the Giants. So you got Arizona next week, and then you end at New York in, a, in the, the Giant rematch. So you should feel good about yourself, especially offensively, going into, going into the playoffs. Well, the one thing in their offense that doesn't make any sense to me is, and you saw it yesterday a couple of times, like Wink Martindale is the – He's the master of getting a free hitter to the quarterback. And he did yesterday quite a few times. And the Eagles don't have any response to it. They don't sight adjust. They don't throw hot. 
Like it's Bailey, it's basically Jalen bailing out and running for his life to try to make a play. And sometimes he does, and sometimes you're forced just to throw it away. And like that's what the Giants do. But to me, like if if you're blitzing, there's got to be an answer to your blitz. And I just don't see a steady answer outside of Jalen just scrambling and running around to, to answer the, the the question. And that's that's my concern. Because I don't know why teams wouldn't do it more. Yeah, I have to be honest with you. I, I don't understand it. I mean, I, I really don't. There was a play. In fact, in my group chat with a couple buddies, we were talking about it. My buddy Vinny goes, dude, how come they're not throwing high? Like, there was a play to Goddard, right? And the blitzer came off of Goddard's side, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Well, Jalen goes the other way with it. Instead of going into the blitz, what you're kind of supposed to do, he goes the other way. But then I, I, I run it back. I'm looking, and Goddard isn't even looking for the ball. No, he's going. He's so going. Clearly, it's not. He's it. The, he's not the hot read, which I don't understand. Usually, when you're in that situation, you cut the route off. You stop. There's like a. a, a it's you know, a built-in a, safety. It's a built-in sight adjust to that, those things, or there's a hot read to it. And so if you're going to overload pressure and everybody has, them, everybody has overloads. I mean, Sean McDermott's the king of them. Um, but certainly uh, when you look at, you'll, you'll see Arizona this week, they run a lot of them. So they run these overload pressures. What's your answer to it? Like, I just don't see an answer right now. And that's, that's, that's hard on the quarterback. And I don't, I don't know. Like, I, it's, it doesn't look like it's part of the offense. No, it's I, and that's kind of weird. I, I I found that that kind of and it's very odd. Yeah. So, but the Eagles still had a chance for the number one overall seed. Now, for that to happen, the Niners have to lose one of their two games. Now they're at Arizona this week. Uh, excuse me. They have the Rams. The Niners do. No, they did the Rams last week of the season. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious. First of all, do you take anything out of the Niners last night, like getting blown up? They're at Washington next week, so the Niners have to come to Washington. I, I don't see Washington beating them, but then they have to face the Rams last game of the season, while the Eagles have Arizona and the Giants. Are you concerned at all about San Francisco uh, and Purdy? I'm just getting concerned because it can be games like that that can definitely play with the quarterback. Now, he's got a stinger, came out of the game. Um, it's happened a couple of times now to him. But I, I would be concerned. I don't think you could just flush it like, oh, this, like, let's just not watch the film. Let's not, like, let's just move on. Like, I, I, there's concern there. Um, you know, is Trent Williams going to miss time? They don't look like the same offense without Trent Williams in there. The Rams lost to him by a touchdown first week uh, early in the season. The Rams are playing great football right now. That might be to get into the playoffs for the Rams. That might be a and for number one seed. That could be a dynamic game, week eighteen. So I wouldn't. I don't think anytime you perform like they did, that you can just dismiss it and say, "Oh, this is just an aberration. This isn't who they are." Um, I think you have to respond, and how they respond, we're going to find out because that was not a good performance by any part of that team. No, and it was at home, and 
it was weird because the, the way the game flow went for the Niners, remember, they drive down the field and they score the touchdown. The Ravens get points before halftime. And then the game just all of a sudden over overnight, you know, turnover, turnover, and it's 30 to 12. Yeah. Well, it, it was, you know, it was 13, 12 at half, and they scored, you know, off the turnover right away. And then, you know, they get a short field. They're in the end zone, and then they get another. And, you know, they turned two interceptions into touchdowns. And so, uh, yeah, it got away from me real quickly. And so then, you know, are you, you're not completely abandoning the run game. I mean, they, they had some opportunity. They couldn't convert on fourth downs, you know, a couple of times. So, got away. But I would say that that would be a cause for concern. Like, anybody that thought it was just going to be a walk to the Super Bowl, they're vulnerable. And um, the Rams are playing great football. And so, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right. So, here's my question to you. How do you rank the contenders in the NFC right now? So, Dallas – Plays Miami tough. Dolphins go down last second field goal to win it. Uh, remember early they get stopped at the goal line, and that turned out to be the, you know those points. Anytime it's the worst when you get turned away at the goal line like Dallas did. Oh, it's a killer. And sure enough, you only put up twenty and you lose by two. But they played well. I thought defensively, I thought they played very well against Miami, even in the loss. Well, they, they, they changed their defense. You know, I mean, Marquez Bell, Marquise Bell had been a starting linebacker. They took him out. They put Jaron Curse in there. They played at one point three safeties at linebacker. They played Donovan Wilson, Jaron Curse, and Marquise Bell at one time at the linebacker position. And they said they wanted to counter Miami speed, you know, whether it's in the run game on the perimeter or the speed down the field. And I thought that worked out pretty good. Michael was just incredible. I mean, just forcing one throw after another errant throw. But, you know, that that fumble, it's Dallas. I mean, it's just like they go 15 plays. You know, I don't know how Pollard doesn't score on the pitch option, like how he gets turned sideways at the goal line. Like, give me Zeke any day. Like, you know, I mean, I know you can't go back and get him, but Zeke scores on that 100 out of 100 times. And a good back scores there. And for Tony Pollard to get turned. So then the next play, they put it in the fullback's hands. He acted like he wasn't getting the ball. And they put it on the ground. 15 plays, and you come away with nothing. Like, but we saw that happen against the Eagles on a Sunday night down in Philadelphia. Like, they get to the goal line that they can fall apart pretty quickly. And then they, they get away from going to CeeDee Lamb, who looked unstoppable early in the game. So they do some things that are a little puzzling. But I still think the Cowboys are a good football team. Like, they, they play without their left tackle. The, the backup, um, Idoga, just isn't a good player. Like, they ate him up. So, but I thought they got handled up front, honestly, by the Dolphins, both sides of the ball. And Miami earned that game. They earned that win. Yeah, and, and, and they played well. I mean, you know, again, in the, in the loss, you know, I actually thought Dallas played well. The interesting thing is, is that it shows you the weapon that the Eagles' offensive line and the tush-push and the probably shove is. Because I, I saw it a couple times – over the weekend where teams had, you know, third and second and one, third and one, and, you know, who tries to sack, fumble, uh, or to throw it and they get sacked and they go from second and one to second and nine or third and nine. 
It's every because it's it's every week. Like the Giants yesterday had fourth and one. They don't block Hassan Reddick, and they decide they're going to throw it, and they're going to throw a flat route on the outside. And you know it's incomplete. They don't block Reddick. You go. They need a freaking yard. But the Giants are one of those teams that don't know how to get in. Now they got Saquon down the goal line. I don't know if he got in. He didn't get in. Be honest with you. Like it's not a good angle. They gave him a touchdown. I have questions whether he really got in. But there's teams that can't gain a yard. I call it the the league is it's it's like the movie, the longest yard. And the Eagles never have that issue. Like they're always converting, scoring, new set of downs. Like it's 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 a guarantee. And for teams not to perfect this, like I know you can't practice it and la di da, but for teams not to perfect this and not get this down where it's a sure thing, where you could go for it. You know, Bill Belichick won't go for fourth and one in his own territory. He's not, I don't care what scores. But you, you feel confident you can get it anywhere on the field. Like you just keep extending drives and you keep your defense off the field and you keep giving yourself a chance to get deeper in your playbook, wear a team down, and give it a fresh set of downs or a touchdown. Yeah, it's such a huge weapon to be able to do that, man. It's just such a just. To be able to score like that, I mean, that's, you know, ultimately that's... No, the think it's, it's literally the thing that Eagles do better than anybody in this league, and it's the biggest advantage that even if it's a, a yard and a half, like they can push they can push that on third and a yard and a half anywhere, and if they don't get it on a yard and a half, they're going to get it on fourth down and a half. Like nobody's figured out how to stop it, and I don't think anybody will. I'll tell you one thing, though, man. This, this league is insane. Because, you know, every week it's something different. You know what I mean? Like, every week, like, we come out, I ask you, all right, well, how would you rank the contenders in the NFC? So, you go, last week it was easy, right, San Fran? And then every week it changes. You had your Dallas, you had the Eagles, 10-1, and one, flying high. I mean, it changes every week. It's insane. Well, it does. Matchups matter. Like, I think San Francisco will always struggle against Baltimore in that style yeah. of defense. Um, but, you know, if you look at the Rams right now, who've won, you know, uh, five out of six, and they play at the Giants and at San Francisco in the next two weeks, like their record says they're not one of the best teams, but they're one of the best teams. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody wants to see. I mean, at eight and seven, you know, I mean, they want to make the playoffs. Well, I just got done um, interviewing Frank Rag now, the center for the Detroit Lions, and they're 11 and four. And the way that they run the football, the way they protected their quarterback this weekend, like they're legit. Now they they've got a huge game, obviously. Um, you know, in Dallas, uh, it's going to be a marquee matchup. We're going to find out a lot about an 11 and four and 10 and five team. If Detroit goes down, there wins. Maybe Detroit even though they've had some bad losses, um, you know, to Green Bay on Thanksgiving, to Baltimore where they couldn't score a touchdown, like you have to consider Detroit in a way that they're taking the ball away right now. And this Ifiatu uh, Milifanu right now, what he's doing at safety is, is like nobody is making that many plays like he's making right now. Yeah, I just don't trust their secondary. You're right. He made like you played terrific. It's what – are you trusting them in a big spot? Like you're, you're I, listen. You're going to find out a ton about that defense against Dallas on Saturday night. 
No doubt. I mean, no doubt. I mean, this is, you know, we just keep getting these matchups over the last month now. It's just one's better than the other. And one, this one, just like San Francisco, you know, and Baltimore really decided, like, who's going to be the number one seed, all that kind of stuff, and who's the best. We're going to, this game in Dallas is going to be a playoff game. Because they could very well, you know, if Dallas wins the division, they could very easily play in the playoffs at just a repeat game, you know, back in Dallas. So, or if Detroit wins and Dallas is the fifth seed and they got to go to Detroit, like this, this could be. Yeah, that two seed is a monster and that's kind of on the line. If if you give the Niners the, the number one overall seed, because ultimately like, they're going to beat Washington and, you know, at home, you got to think they would be favored against the Rams, no matter how good the Rams are playing. So if you give the Niners the number one overall seed, that two seed is a big deal. And that and it's the Eagles and it's the Cowboys and it's the Lions all fighting for that two seed. Well, you know, in some years, cuz, that we have seen, you get to week 17 seasons, like all that stuff's already decided. You know, how many times have the Eagles or Andy Reid been in a situation you don't have to play? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like we're, we're not anywhere near anything like that right now because of the way the schedule is falling this year. Like all this stuff is still up in the air. It's like we're going to get competitive games all the way to, you know, Sunday night on January 7th, whatever date that is. Yeah, January 7th. Um, we're going to get competitive games all the way to the to to the very end right now. So how would you uh, so how would you do it? How would you rank? Uh, how would you rank these teams? Well, I would. I'd still rank San Francisco number one, and I'd probably put Dallas in front of Philly, and probably Dallas in front of Detroit. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm like eating my words next week at this time, you know. No, but I'd probably no. still go San Francisco, Dallas. I'd probably put Detroit in front of Philly just because they just look more consistent and they don't have a bunch of huge question marks like the Eagles had in every one of those fans' faces all day yesterday. So I'd probably go San Fran, Dallas, Detroit, Philly. But I might, put, I might put the Rams. Wild card Rams. I might put the Rams in front of Philly right now. The way they're, they're they're playing. Forget about the records. Just the way they're playing. I might put the Rams in front of them right now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Listen. I, I, the Rams are dangerous. That's if I'm in the NFC. The one team I don't want to play is the Rams. That's the one team I do not want to play. First round. I don't care where it is because. Unless it's like a nasty weekend in, you know, Philadelphia where the weather is is just wicked, those other places have domes. I I, I don't wanna I don't wanna play the Rams. And well, even well, that, that Kyron Williams, man, what a player. Well, he's the best running back that Sean McVay's ever coached. Um, you know, they, he is he leads the National Football League in rushing yards per game. Um, he's the real deal. Uh, you know, the other team in the NFC that you have to discuss at this point and how dangerous are they is Tampa. Because right now, Baker's playing the best football he's ever played. Now, you might say, oh, it's Baker. I don't, don't trust him. Okay. All right. He's gone to Pittsburgh and won a playoff game back in the day. But Mike Evans looks unstoppable right now. 
Like nobody could really cover him. Um, they play New Orleans at home and at Carolina. Like if they went out, they're going to end up 10 and seven. All right. They're going to end up 10 and seven and winning their last six in a row. So you have to consider Tampa as a team that can be a factor right now. And they're running the ball better than they have. Uh, they, they used to have just no run game whatsoever, but they're running it better. Like I would say that Tampa is a team that you have to consider here. Um, really? It's being dangerous. Well, let's see. They've beaten uh, Carolina. Well, they went to Atlanta and to Green Bay. Yeah, you know, and, and they just took Jacksonville apart. And they took and they, and they beat the Packers in Green Bay. Well, Baker and Baker, Baker went up to Green Bay and threw a perfect quarterback rating. All right, yeah. they, they, they didn't come close to stopping him. Missed five passes the whole day. No, you're right. I, I just I don't know. Something about that team. I well, listen. We'll see. I mean, you know, like you're right about Evans, and you still got Godwin, and you got that kid Otten, who's a good tight end, and you know, you got Rashad, uh, right. Rashad running right. the ball. They, they, they literally, yeah, I mean, I'm and he can catch it out of the backfield. I mean, look at Aaron Stinney. Like he was a starting guard. You like their defense, though. <clears throat> yeah. I think their I think their front has gotten better. I think their front has gotten a whole lot better, and they they're not breaking down nearly as frequently in the back end as they once did early in the year. Um, I don't think they have to gamble as much right now the way the offense is scoring, and so I don't think Todd Bowles has to dial up some of these pressures where they break down. Um, but it's just just a team you have to look out for right now. Like they're in the driver's seat to win the NFC South. They're going to get a home playoff game. You know, uh, if they finish business, if this game with New Orleans is everything. But I think they're better than New Orleans. We'll see. But if they take care of business with New Orleans, I know they're going to beat Carolina. Um, to finish six wins in a row and 10 and seven, I don't think anybody saw that coming. Yeah. yeah. All right, brother, listen, tomorrow we got lots to get into because even more playoff stuff, scenarios. We got to tackle the AFC. Yeah. What happened to the Jaguars? Everybody's eight and seven. So we'll get dive into eight and seven world tomorrow. Hey, we'll, talk a lot of Joe, we'll talk a lot of Joe Flacco because that's a gift that just keeps on giving. Yeah. Like, they, they, they still haven't covered Amari Cooper yet from last week. So <laughs> you got that right. All right. Uh, have a great day. Enjoy Florida. Yeah. And uh, we'll come back. We'll, get, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Hopefully, again, you guys had a great Christmas. And uh, we'll check you, you know, obviously every day. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Yep. We're here every day. Subscribe to, to our uh, podcast. We'll be with you. You won't miss an episode. We got a big week. New Year's coming up. So just check it out. Hang with us for the great Baldy. I'm Cuz. And we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.